Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know, daily I hear that weather forecaster's name. His name is Drew Shannon. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's Paul Shannon's grandson. What do you think? Paul Shannon? What? Paul Shannon, Adventure Time? You, I never knew Paul that, Shannon, didn't huh? you? What, was that a local thing? Oh, yeah. Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like, you know, must-watch TV after school when you were a kid. Yeah, Nosmo King. I know King, Paul Schaefer. The Three Stooges. From Letterman. Cartoons. Kimba the Lion. Mm-hmm. None of that. You weren't... No, you do that. Curtain that. up, curtain down. Send your letter to Santa. All that stuff. No. Really. Lex, you know Paul Shannon? No, there's no Not way. a clue. Not okay. a clue, no. Do you know Paul Schaefer? Paul, Me? Sh- Paul Schaefer, yeah. No. Okay. Not a clue. <laughs> do you know... Sh- Paul, you know Paul Newman? Paul Newman. Yeah, I've heard the name. Okay. okay. Paul Shannon. Mm-hmm. Paul Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Of the three? No, you don't know. Oh, you know two of the three. I do. Paul Newman or Paul Schaefer? Uh, Paul Schaefer's weird, isn't he? I love Paul Schaefer. He was in Spinal Tap, and so I have to give the nod to him. I mean, Knightley, was with, um, he rocked the Letterman band, mm-hmm. didn't he? That was a great band. That was a great, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Paul Newman, what, you... I thought, well, you told me I had to pick. Paul Newman, Paul and, Schaefer. Okay. So you chose Paul Schaefer. Well... That's fine. I mean, this, I like... This or that. I like... A, Paul Newman had beautiful eyes. Oh, he's gorgeous. He was married to Joanne Woodward for 100 Ever, years. Yeah, mm-hmm. And he made... And he... Did the dressing and spaghetti sauce thing. <laughs> and salsa. I like his uh, salad dressing. Do you yeah. like his salad dressing? Yeah. I've never had it. I haven't you? Because no, you're making your own. Right. Um, Lexi, have you ever seen Paul Newman in a movie? I'm sure I have. I'm actually looking up what movies he's been in. Okay, oh, good. I love that about you. Very nice. All right. Let's, um, let's I get can't, back to that. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't think I ever saw Paul Newman. Oh, wait. I saw Paul Newman in one movie. One, one, one movie? I know. Only one movie? What movie would that be? It was the movie he did with Tom Cruise. Cocktail, maybe? Is that what, is no. that what it's called? I don't know. Really? I know, and that may, that's really horrible. Okay. Let's move on from that then, all right? Because I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded by the whole process. No, I understand. I, I, was, I was safer to stick with Paul Shannon. Yeah, you really were. Time. You really were. Uh, coming up at, in our 5 o'clock hour this afternoon, um, Pittsburgh office vacancies have reached a record high. Mm, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Look at us here. Yep. Uh, also, a theology of kindness kindness mm-hmm. with uh, Jay Slocum. Lovely. And followed closely by Does This Make Sense? And then our friend Jarrell Gilliam from Light of Life Mission will be with us at five thirty-five to talk about. I don't, is the is the warm weather going to make a difference? You know it is mm-hmm. with the homeless situation in Pittsburgh. How has Second Avenue Commons changed things? Uh, stuff like that. Yep. That's five o'clock hour, and uh, in this hour, it's Autism Awareness Month. Oh, and does. if you are a frequent listener to the show. You've heard Hugh Ross, who is an astrophysicist. We love him. Um, and the founder of an organization called Reasons to Believe. Anyway, um, Hugh also has autism. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to talk about why God made a world that has autism mm-hmm. in it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, very good. Seems like a good lineup there. And maybe some Paul Newman movies sprinkled in there. And as the maybe we'll talk about on. Brian Reynolds. Yeah. What do you got, Lex? He was in Cars, and that's all I need to know. Oh, do he you love cars. cars? His voice was in Cars, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's Doc Hudson in Cars. Yeah, well, and, he was a oh. famous race car driver as well, Paul Newman. Uh, was he really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, now yeah. I'm just learning a, a whole bunch of new things. Yeah, have you have you seen his picture and has his beautiful eyes? Yes, he's very pretty. Yes, mm-hmm. he's very pretty indeed. Yeah, he's very pretty. All right, uh, without further ado then, uh, let's look at the news stories of the day uh, without uh, the top four. Mm-hmm. At four. I'm ready for it. 
Are you ready for it? I'll bring it on. For Tuesday, April 25th, 2023, number one. As the second day of jury selection began in the case against the man accused of killing 11 people at the Tree of Life Synagogue, seven prospective jurors remained in the mix to possibly be seated as of a couple hours ago. Um, Eight potential jurors were called to the judge's eighth floor courtroom to be interviewed. The defendant, age 50, charged with 63 federal counts and could face the death penalty if found guilty. Those interviewed, according to the Trib today, John, included a Methodist woman who said she wasn't sure she could sentence someone to death. Another woman whose husband works on a forensics unit trying to restore people there to legal competency to be able to go through the criminal court process. And an older Catholic man who said he has a fishing trip planned in May. That's what it is, right? Uh Uh-huh. Um... On Tuesday, another woman who was questioned initially said she believed that hate crimes are, quote, overblown by the media. That's all we see nowadays. She said it's damaging and it causes people to have a lot of negative opinions. What does that mean? I don't know. But the government made a motion to strike her from the panel and the defense did not object. It's according to the trib. Number two. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced the negotiation of a temporary nationwide ceasefire in Sudan, which is great news. It'll last 72 hours. Uh, We know that this happens, of course, though previous attempts at a ceasefire swiftly collapsed, but this one might hang on. Blinken said the U.S. would also stand up to a committee to negotiate a, quote, durable end to the fighting between supporters of two rival generals. That has killed more than 400 people since last week. That's from today's dispatch. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reported Monday that Iran is supplying Russia with large amounts of artillery and other ammunition via the Caspian Sea. Really? According to documents reviewed by the journal, Iran allegedly allegedly shipped more than 300,000 artillery shells More than a million rounds of ammunition to Russia over the last six months. The U.S. and its allies have reportedly been searching for ways to disrupt the shipments, but doing so would require the cooperation of the former Soviet republics, the border of the Caspian Sea, and those people are nervous to take that plunge. I'm surprised by the manufacturing capability of the country. How about that? Yeah. And number four. The Buckos have locked up Brian Reynolds. Raise it. How about this? The no trade clause is a first for the Pirates. Um, super exciting for me. Maybe is it super exciting for you? Heck yeah. That's what I want to hear. Guaranteed eight year, one hundred and six point seven five million dollar deal. Money. That's your top four at four. Mm-hmm. That's the richest contract in the history of the franchise. Well. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the 21st century. This is how Major League Baseball operates. The Pirates have signed a star. That's really good news, isn't it? It's, For everybody. It's great news. A $2 million mm-hmm. signing bonus, uh, limited six-team no-trade clause. I love that. Yeah. So he's allowed to list his six, teams. six his six least favorite teams. Worse than the Pirates. Exactly. He <laughs> could say, so if they decide to trade him, he could say, I'm not going to go here, here, right. here, here, here. Wonder who, did he say the, who those six teams are? I wonder. I think it's up to him to decide at the time, should they decide to trade him. I don't think he has to determine that All right. Well, that's really good news. It looks like the Pirates are moving in the right direction. And it's a big night at PNC Park. Yes, it is. As cold as it is. Traffic's a little slow, which gives me hope that people are headed into town right now. Mm -hmm. 6.30 game. Yeah, 6.35. Okay, so maybe they should get the early L.A. Dodgers in town. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We've been playing some weaker teams here lately. Not yeah, to diminish but we've also run. swept them. Yes. So we'll see what tonight holds. Do you know who's pitching for the Dodgers? I do not. Do you know, I don't even know who's pitching for the Buccos, actually. I do not. Either. Okay, we'll check into that. More next. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. I plead with you in Jesus' name to ask him to forgive you of your sin. I plead with you to place your trust in Jesus to save you right now, to change your life. He'll change your eternal destiny. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. We've still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call, 866-806-2977. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. Are you looking to replace your old telephone system with the latest technology? At South Point Telecom, our phone systems feature auto answer and transfer to your desk and cell phone while recording and tracking all calls in and out. This is Don Hoder. With 30 years experience, I can quickly give you a price quote over the phone with no pressure or obligation. Ask about our security cameras and door access as well. Go to southpointtelecom.com. Perseverance. You just got to buckle down, do your job. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that what it means? I don't know. I mean, some people probably look at perseverance that way. Like, just... Let's go. Shut get on up. with it. Yes. Stop complaining and get with it. Michelle Van Loon's back with us again. She's a regular guest on our show. She's the author of more than six books, including her most recent, Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry. Uh, Michelle, uh, please persevere with us. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I'm persevering. All right. Actually hearing you guys is like um, somebody handing me a bottle of water oh. as I'm running a marathon. So God bless you. Like the opposite of perseverance chatting with you guys. Oh, you're so. sweet. You're sweet. What do you think about that question that John asked me is, is persevere is is perseverance like just shut up and get on with it? Well, that's how my brain always processed it. I am um I have a long history of looking for the easy way out. Um when it comes to just about anything. Um I I wrote a piece recently that referenced my many um stints in physical therapy. Mm. And I learned pretty early on that um, physical therapy was a lot of persevering through um, a lot of hard stuff. It's painful. It's boring. It's painful some more. It's boring. Um, But there's no way through except through. Mm. So that's intuitiveness that's necessary, whether it is to rehab after an injury or to become a concert pianist or to become, oh, I don't know, drive time disc jockeys that are talking to their audience and getting better and better at it every year. Perseverance tends to kind of hit those notes for a lot of us. And um, I learned that you can't cheat at physical therapy. First of all, the physical therapist can always tell. And second of all, I'm really only cheating myself. Sure. But I don't know if you guys have ever had an experience where you've had to just um, kind of learn to stick with something that is not always fun. It's not always glamorous. It's not, it's not easy. Oh, yeah. You have, oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had to, uh, I, I went through a, um, maybe three, maybe four months, six months where I had to give up salt. Um, which I know that's only, you're thinking, well, it's not that, it's not like, you know, I lost a limb, but it was really challenging to figure out how to do that. Um, and it was really awful. Everything tasted terrible. (laughs) It's it's hard to imagine enjoying French fries without. Oh, salt it's on. terrible! It's really everything's bad. Um, Ice cream has salt in yeah, it. Yeah, every, everything has salt in it. I, then I gave up sugar. I was off sugar for uh, a, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years even. That was actually a lot easier to give up than salt. Um, but they were for two different medical uh, issues I was having, and you know. And I also, I fell down the steps and blew out my ankle uh, about a decade ago and had to have physical therapy for six months. And I know what you mean about the fact that no one's noticing. I mean, if I don't show up for PT, it's no skin off their nose. It's on you. You know, they're getting paid anyway. So it's just me. And so if I want to, you know, shirk my quote unquote responsibility to my physical therapy, really the only person I'm hurting is myself. Now, John, you know, his situation with his rehab makes mine look like child's play. Right. Mm. But. Want to say something about that, John? No, Yeah, no, he does. No, No, I think he should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of showing up for PT like yourself, Michelle. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't, then you'll regress. 
right? I mean, right. I needed some professional to say, this is how it works. So mm-hmm. you, you get out of bed early and get down to PT and do your work. And and so PT is the same as, you know, your perseverance and your faith in some way. You go right. through highs and lows. I don't necessarily want to show up all the time, but I persevere. I mean, and that's just the first step, right? What do they say? 90% of success is showing up. So right. uh, I'm weak oftentimes in my, like, like you say, in my willingness to move forward, but it's necessary that I persevere because when I do, I see the results. That's, I, I thought about my own recent experience with PT in relationship to spiritual perseverance, because I see at the beginning of the book of James, like James literally leaps right into talking about how to navigate trials, understanding that the the testing that your faith is facing produces perseverance so he is not saying persevere and your faith will grow as much as he is saying that as you persist in this you're going to grow Mm. you're going it's going to make you mature I care a lot about uh, maturity at this point of my life I often write for um an audience that's women in the second half of their lives. And we see um, the the others that work with me on, on this writing project called the Sage Forum, um, that there's a lot of people who kind of run out of steam. And it isn't necessarily a matter of, um, you know, that they just need to redouble their efforts or try harder or grit their teeth. Um, it dawned on me and it occurred to me actually as I studied the passage at the beginning of James that there's a a really powerful connection between perseverance and hope. Mm -hmm. You can persist in a hard time, in a dry time, in a painful time if you have hope that this is going somewhere in Mm -hmm. your life and you're going somewhere with God and um, the gritting your teeth and just trying harder. Um, a lot of us, especially as as we are getting older, and we all are every day, um, it's easy to kind of feel that hope dissipate. Yeah. It doesn't always get stronger. You know, life gets hard, the losses accumulate. And so cultivating hope is actually what kind of can fuel spiritual perseverance, it seems to me. Michelle Van Loon is with us. She's the author of Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. Um, That idea of meaning, I think, is really at the heart of what you're saying. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I remember when uh, my dad was sick, um, for, it was a long five-year uh, period before he passed away. And many times I prayed, God, make this worth it. Because mm-hmm. you, you just, it's such a, it's such an unbelievable journey. And it's so hard. It's so exhausting and so sad and so terrible that that's just, that was like the cry of my heart. Like, just make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really at the heart of all of our sufferings, I think we all want to, we all want to know that, that, that this is going, 
First of all, that it's going to end, but it's going to produce something. Yes, I I agree. And the the idea, not just that we're maturing, you know, because maybe our our muscles are getting bigger and our, you know, our faith muscles are getting stronger in this workout, in this gymnasium kind of experience that we may be having during a hard time, but that we're going somewhere with it and that it means something. A lot of people, um, especially over these last few years between the pandemic and a changing economy, all of that kind of stuff that's happened, maybe churches that close their doors, all of that happening around us can can rob us of hope that makes it really hard to persevere. And, and so um, for me, in some of these hard times, I, I'm not um, exempt from any of that. I realized it wasn't just a matter of gritting my teeth and trying harder. Um, I, I've tried, I've tried, mm-hmm. and I'm tired. Um, but if I, if I have hope in God, um, Oswald Chambers put it this way, perseverance is more than endurance. And I was really glad to hear those words. He said, it's endurance combined with absolute assurance and certainty that what we are looking for is going to happen. That, that God is at work. We, we love to quote Romans eight twenty eight. you know, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But when you're in the middle of a long, dark tunnel, or it's just hard and you're tired, um, it's it can be hard to rustle up the endurance to keep going. And so I guess my my word and my encouragement, I've had a number of friends who kind of have said things like, I'm done. I'm done with the church. I'm tired of trying. My faith is you know, I don't even know where it is or what I believe anymore. And um, instead of kind of nudging them to just persist and hang in there, I've found that maybe the the more helpful conversation is to talk about hope and and where maybe they've lost hope. Maybe they just can't see beyond where they are anymore. And um, that that creates empathy um, for others. And it certainly creates empathy for it, for ourselves when we're in the middle of it, that, that God is calling us to hope in a way that um, can help us to persevere. Yes. I can't do it on my own. Right. And I would add one more thing to perseverance. Uh, mm-hmm. When you see... Uh, when you see heroes of the faith, those saints that are around us, and they they seem to be at peace, they take on their struggles joyfully, I, I think I want that. Mm-hmm. I want to be that. And it's kind of like the same thing, you know, when you go to the gym and you, and you see those gym heroes and you think, I want that. Mm-hmm. Well, how do they get that? They showed up. They worked it. They made it. You know, they, they sacrificed. It's the same thing with faith. I mean... The model was there before us, and it's easy to see the models. They're, they surround us wherever we go to worship. So uh, to persevere is to see those people before us and to suffer through our struggles and to grow up the other end stronger because Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. And 
and to recognize that um, this is what God is doing goes beyond what's happening in real time at this moment or in this period of my life. Sometimes I lose sight of that. When the pain is big and the darkness feels very thick, it can be hard to hope. But that's why sometimes we need other people around us Mm -hmm. to carry that hope for us Mm -hmm. and to walk alongside of us. I need spiritual physical therapists to tell me, just come on, just one more repetition, Michelle. Don't go sit down in that lazy boy quite yet. Right, right. You know. The latest book by Michelle Van Loon is Translating Your Past, Finding Meaning in Family Ancestry, Genetic Clues, and Generational Trauma. Michelle, thank you. Thank you, guys. Always a great pleasure. Hang in there. Persevere. You too, my friend. <laughs> you too. Very good. We'll step away for just a minute. We're getting underway here for the uh, 4 o'clock hour of the ride home. Stay with us. Hey, Mattel has announced a brand new Barbie. We'll talk about that this next. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right? 724-NEW-ROOF. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I'm a wife. A sister. And a grandfather. I'm an office clerk. I'm a research analyst. Dance fitness instructor. Actor. I'm a copywriter. I'm a veteran. I have lupus. Cerebral palsy. I'm blind. 
And I'm working in a job I love. I love. Because I was given a chance. To contribute my skills and talents. To show that my disability is only one part of who I am. Who I am. Who I am. At work, it's what people can do that matters. For more information, visit whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Plenty of clouds tonight with a couple of late night showers. Tonight's low 38, a shower in spots tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we'll see periods of sun and clouds at a high of 56. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night with a low of 33. Thursday, the nicest day of the week with times of clouds and sun. Expect a high Thursday of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. I remember growing up, my sisters had Barbies, and they were pretty standard, right? Yeah. The Barbies were standard, um, except my Barbie head. Right. Which was the where you could do the Barbie's hair and makeup. That was just one Off enormous mm-hmm. Barbie from the neck up. Right. She didn't even have shoulders, John. Just her head. Mm-hmm. But Barbie, like original Barbie, one hair color, one style, oh, no, no. one look. Well, no, that really? may, maybe a long time ago, but okay. I mean, Bar- yeah, I mean, Barbies had different. Did they? Oh yeah, because different that, hair colors. Oh yeah, they had different hair colors. Hmm. Lex, did you like Barbies? I loved Barbies. Me did you? too. Mm-hmm. Did, but so there were different styles of Barbies when you guys were kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there were. Yeah, there were, and you could get you know there are Barbies with darker hair. Okay. There's Barbies with lighter hair. I mean, they all still have an impossibly small waistline. Pretty skinny. Uh, pretty little, skinny, right. like um, just mean, unable to stand up. I think is the right the uh, experiments that have been done. All right. Well, uh, Mattel announces this today that they are launching their first doll with Down syndrome. Oh, that's awesome! In an effort to help more kids find a toy that represents them, Mattel bosses said they wanted to bring out the doll to enable all children to see, see themselves in Barbie. They partnered with the National Down Syndrome Society to bring the product to market. Uh, Also, Ellie Goldstein, who is a British model with Down syndrome, who has appeared in a campaign with the new Barbie, said that she was, quote, so happy to see the new doll. Diversity is important to me as people need to see more people people like me and uh, connect with uh, other people that are perhaps not themselves. Uh, The doll will go pre-order today and uh, part of the Barbie Fashionista line, which launched in 2022. Line. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, that wasn't available when I was a child. M- Mattel has described the Fashionista line as its most diverse and inclusive doll line, offering a variety of skin tones, eye okay. colors, hair colors, and textures, body types, disabilities, and fashions to inspire even more stories. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that. No, I like different, it. different color. Bar- I like it. No, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Now, I, w- I was never one one of those people who felt like I was less than because Barbie was skinnier than me. Lex, were you ever like that? No, but when I go to um, stores now and I see, you know, Barbies that have a bigger waistline, yeah. um, it makes me feel a little happy because now there are kids that are like, yeah. oh, like this is a this is beauty. Like my size does not define my beauty because I see a person that is beautiful with my waistline, right. yeah. which yeah, I yeah. think is amazing. Mm-hmm. I certainly like going on clothing websites and seeing people of different sizes. That's a thing now. Yeah. And I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I'm just real people. Yeah. Right? I, just, I just really, really like it. It's kind of like the Dove campaign, 
right? Yeah, you know? exactly. People are people. Exactly. We don't have to look like, you know, the supermodel. Coming up next, it is, uh, we're talking about Down syndrome, but it's Autism Awareness Month, which I didn't even know until today. But our good friend, Dr. Hugh Ross, will be with us. He is an astrophysicist, radio astronomer. Um, He's also a man who has autism. So he's going to talk to us about that coming up next. 101.5 WORD. How are we supposed to respond when our lives are not on the timeline we expected them to be on? Well, Rachel Faulkner-Brown knows what that feels like. I will tell you, you lose a husband, bury a husband, you become like an old lady. Mm. I had done things that people don't do till they're 70. Yeah. And so when you go to the funeral home and you pick out a casket, you just, you just age. Finding hope in our grief. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling. Specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years. For the church roof replacement specialists in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area, call 724 New Roof today for a free quote. My nieces asked me the other day, What was your favorite movie as a kid? And the obvious answer is The Princess Bride. For the sword fighting alone. I don't like the scary eels in that movie. Or the pit of despair. Agree, but in each dreary situation, along comes a saving grace to make the scary a bit better, right? Even the listeners know you're about to do a crazy mortgage analogy. Just get on with it. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if you're a person who's been thinking new home purchase, but maybe your credit is a bit dreary, or maybe you don't have a ton of money to put down, the government-backed FHA loan just changed the game with a saving grace. The one negative of these loans was the MIP or insurance premium you have to pay. But as of this March, that's been slashed by almost 50%, which means a lot less money wasted and depending on the loan size, could save you a couple hundred bucks a month on your mortgage. Inconceivable. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS. Almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cause was stopped. The threats would stop. It was easy like uh, one, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724 New Roof. Hugh Ross is back with us. He's a regular guest on our show for many, many years. Hugh is an astrophysicist, author, senior scholar, and founder of Reasons to Believe. It's an organization that researches and communicates how discoveries about nature harmonize with the words of the Bible. His books include The Creator and the Cosmos and Why the Universe is the Way It Is. But today, Hugh is here with us to talk about autism. 
This is Autism Awareness Month. I did not know that. But, Hugh, welcome back. Well, thank you. Hugh, uh, we've known you for a long time, and we have appreciated your presence on our show more than we can possibly say. Um, It wasn't until you came to Pittsburgh here and we did an event together that you shared with us that you have autism. Um, Can you talk about how you knew that you had autism? Well, I didn't really uh, knew that I had it until I was about 50 years of age. Wow, Uh, really? Yes. I mean, what happened is a friend of ours as a therapist said, I notice you can't talk to somebody and uh, you'll control your body at the same time. Take this test. And uh, she said, if you get 24 to 50, you're on the autism spectrum. I scored 48. Mm-hmm. So there was really no doubt. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, but I grew up in an area where people never even knew about the uh, syndrome, um, you know, Asperger's was basically talked about, uh, you know, back in the mid uh, 20th century, but the autism spectrum really wasn't understood until the 21st century. Interesting. So then, Hugh, not being diagnosed with autism because it wasn't a thing, diagnosis wasn't a thing when you were a kid, especially, but then having that unlocked for you, what did that do for you personally or spiritually? How did that change your life? Well, it certainly uh, changed our marriage, uh, and I, I credit my wife for helping me engage neurotypical people. You know, when I met her, she said, every time you give a lecture, you just stare at the floor. Try looking at people. I thought, well, that's a novel idea. And then she said, Are, were you aware that for three hours you only looked at one guy? She says, you can't do that. So it took decades for me to figure out, okay, how do I control my eyes and not lose my place in my talk? And the principle there is for people on the spectrum, they need to be with neurotypical people to help them overcome their social handicaps. They won't overcome them all, but they'll overcome some. So, Hugh, then can you define for our listeners what autism is? Well, it's a brain disorder or a genetic disorder that makes it difficult for people who have that disorder to emotionally engage people and to read their minds. And it's not that people on the spectrum have no emotions. A lot of people think they don't. Their emotional responses are significantly delayed, sometimes by hours. You know, people think I'm amazingly calm when I'm debating angry people. It's, I don't realize that they're angry until two or three hours later. Huh. I don't realize I've been insulted until two or three hours later. Mm. So I do feel the emotion, but it's usually after the event is over. I see. So if, if you were in a room and there were 10 people with autism, there would be different symptoms, I guess. So how would you, how would you define you know, the different styles? Or manifestations of it. Yes, the people have different things that affect them differently if they're autistic. Well, I just posted an article this Monday saying it is a spectrum. Everybody in the spectrum is different from everybody else, but they do share certain things in common. They have difficulty reading other people's emotions. They have difficulty expressing their own emotions. And so, you know, people will think, hey, you know, your face is stoic. Uh, you don't smile very much. And, uh, you know, they, they have this amazing capacity to focus but they also want the room to be dark. Uh, they don't want any noise around to facilitate uh, their focus. Uh, and they're often interpreted as not being very empathetic. 
Uh, I believe that they are. It's just that their empathetic reactions are so significantly delayed. Uh, one thing that uh, concerned my wife when we were first married, she thought I was hard of hearing. People on the spectrum really don't pick up on a conversation until the fifth or sixth word. And so she was always bothered by saying, what did you say? Because I, I would always miss the first five or six words. Uh, so I took a hearing test and came back normal. Uh, but now she realizes, you know, my first few words better not have any meaningful content in it because Hugh's not <laughs> going to pick up on it. Interesting. <laughs> Dr. Hugh Ross is with us, senior scholar, founder of Reasons to Believe, author of The Creator and the Cosmos. Um, you mentioned earlier, Hugh, in uh, in what you were saying, that your wife helped you to see the kinds of patterns you were exhibiting and to change them in your public speaking. Um, I guess my question is, why did you listen to her? Because, you know, I've met people on the spectrum. Um, I have friends on the spectrum who aren't concerned what other people think. Their attitude is more like, um, I would like the outside world to conform to me. Yeah, I saw a lot of that when I was on the faculty of Caltech because, uh, Astrophysicists tend to have quite a high percentage of people on the spectrum. And I remember being at Caltech thinking, well, we're the normal ones. If everybody else is abnormal, they need to adapt to us. And so that attitude needs to be confronted. And my wife had an amazing way of saying, you know, you're, you'd be a lot more effective in your public speaking if you actually attempted to engage the people you're talking to. And so I said, hey, I want to be more effective. Tell me how I can make this work. And uh, you know, I also said, look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for me. Please be patient as I try to develop. And it literally took me a couple of decades to be able to speak in front of a public audience in a way where nobody knew that I was on the spectrum. Hmm. So Hugh, you're, you're a person of strong faith. I'm sure you thought about why would God make people with autism? Yes, I, I, that's in the article that I just posted this Monday saying, now that people are aware of autism, we got good uh, scientific information on it, and it's about one in 150 that's on the spectrum. And so I looked at that and said, okay, what's the optimal percentage of people you want to have in the spectrum to maximally benefit civilization? And you don't want, say, 5% on the spectrum because that's going to lead to a lot of social uh, uh, problems. But having a few people on the spectrum, like one out of 150, means those few are going to be able to contribute to society in ways that normal people will not. So, for example, there's good evidence that Mozart was on the spectrum. Mm. Einstein was on the spectrum. Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. I mean, they were hard to get along with, uh, but they were able to contribute things that neurotypical people couldn't do. And so I share with parents who have children on the spectrum, your child is going to have a distinct gift that neurotypical people don't possess. You need to help your child discover that gift and develop it and recognize that everyone on the spectrum is going to have a distinct gift. I was able to find my gift relatively early in my life and, uh, but it caused me problems because I thought, well, everybody in the population can easily 
integrate complex data across multiple scientific and theological disciplines. And it took my wife to tell me, that's not normal. You've got a special gift. You need to help people who are neurotypical to be able to take advantage what you on the spectrum have been able to uniquely do. And so we do need a few of these unique individuals, but not too many. And I'm convinced we have exactly the right percentage in the human population. But I think that also applies to ADHD. They can do things neurotypical people can't do. But obviously, you don't want a whole lot of people in the population uh, with that uh, particular uh, you know, brain uh, pattern. Yes. But you want a few. For example, they make excellent talk show hosts because they're okay changing the subject every two minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Right, it's just hard for our spouses. We're talking to Dr. Hugh Ross, who's the author of Why the Universe is the Way It Is and Improbable Planet, among many others. Hugh, if there are parents listening to the program who have uh, kids with autism, maybe a lot of them are uh, on the severe end of the spectrum and they have not seen uh, a particular ability or gift that the child has. Um, what would you say? Well, that's what's interesting is that in terms of the autism spectrum, there's a very small percentage that are what we would call severe. And severe would be those people that have a low IQ, less than an IQ of 50, and they're on the spectrum. And these are people who are going to find it very difficult to engage neurotypical people and to be able to overcome their social handicaps. Um, and uh, But the majority of people on the spectrum are not in that category. And so you have people that are on the spectrum that actually have fairly good social skills. Uh, and then you've got people who don't have good social skills, but they're exceptionally bright, have a very high IQ. And so if you treat them the right way, they can function just fine. I remember that uh, we had hired this computer programmer, and he was on the spectrum, hated people, didn't want to engage people, and we just found out, look, we just have to give him food every five hours, I'll put him in a room, make sure he's got the best computer on the market, and he's going to be able to code uh, in a way that replaces 10 other people that are normal, uh, neurotypically neural. So with people that are high performers, I mean, uh, Mozart was like that, hard to get along with, but boy, could he compose complex music. And so just kind of giving him an environment where he could focus on what he's really good at. So, Hugh, is your relationship with God different mm. because of your autism than, say, mine or Kathy's? Well, a majority of people that are high-functioning, that are on the spectrum, uh, theologically are atheists. Uh, I was ex an, an exception to that in the sense that people on the spectrum... <laughs> They tend to be logical and rational. Uh, they're not disturbed by people's emotional reactions. And the problem, I think this is a problem for the American church, uh, where a lot of our evangelical churches do not encourage dialogue, debate, uh, questions. You go there and listen. That tends to be an unattractive environment for people that are on the spectrum. Mm. They want to question. They want to challenge. They want to research, investigate. But if you have a church environment uh, where that's encouraged rather than discouraged, you see the opposite, that the majority of people on the spectrum do become followers of Jesus Christ. And personally, I think I was uh, benefited 
from being raised in a family where my parents weren't Christians. We didn't go to church. So I wasn't exposed to this anti-intellectualism that's common in a lot of American churches. I went off and investigated the religions of the world on my own, was putting them through rigorous uh, testing, and then uh, wound up coming to Caltech, and I wound up finding a church that was sandwiched between Caltech, the Jeff Propulsion Laboratory, and the headquarters of the Skeptic Society, and they said, we want you to lead a class uh, targeting skeptics and atheists. So, and I'm still on the pastoral staff of that church, and it's that church that helped me launch Reasons to Believe. Mm. Fascinating, Hugh. Hugh, I wish we had more time to talk about this. I mean, it's just really fascinating. I want to thank you for your forthrightness and the excellent article that you wrote, and for just your friendship all these years. Uh, I want to recommend Hugh's book, Why the Universe is the Way It Is. You can also check out The Creator and the Cosmos and many, many others. Hugh, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hugh. Hey, you're very welcome. Hugh Ross, Reasons to Believe. Can you hear it? The cry of those living in darkness, in desperate need of hope. As their cries go up, we here at Cornerstone Television long to answer. We believe God is calling each of us for such a time as this to rise up and come to the battle line with the hope of Jesus Christ. Don't miss Cornerstone's Hope Arising special programming with Pastor Jim, Jason Howard, Matt Sorger, Apostle Connie Brooks, and Jay Gilbert. This is a special invitation for you to come to the battle line with us to link arms and see hope arise. Our mission to reach the nations remains strong, but we can't fulfill our mission without you. Tune in April 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. and discover how to be a strong force of light in the darkness. Watch Hope Arising on Cornerstone Television Network. That's Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution. Company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. 
Want next level safety ad-free? Unlock advanced hyper-local severe weather alerts when you subscribe to Premium Plus on the AccuWeather app. AccuWeather alerts are prompted by our expert meteorologists who monitor and analyze dangerous weather risks 24-7 to keep you and your family safer. These notifications are clear, concise, and hyper-local down to your neighborhood or street address. Download the AccuWeather app and upgrade to Premium Plus today. It's National Poetry Month. Today is my day to pick. And you know what I, I thought up, I, I got up thinking about today was the very first poem that I loved. Hmm. Now this was, I don't know, four or five years ago, five or six years ago probably now, when you kind of talked me into... <laughs> Opening up a book of poems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is a very well-known poem, but it is, well, this is what made me love poetry. It's called The Lanyard by Billy Collins. The other day, I was ricocheting slowly off the blue walls of this room, moving as if underwater from typewriter to piano, bookshelf to an envelope lying on the floor, when I found myself in the L section of the dictionary, where my eyes fell upon the word lanyard. No cookie nibbled by a French novelist could send one into the past more suddenly, a past where I sat at a workbench at a camp by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid long, thin plastic strips into a lanyard, a gift for my mother. I had never seen anyone use a lanyard, or wear one, if that's what you did with them, but that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard for my mother." She gave me life and milk from her breasts, and I gave her a lanyard. She nursed me in many a sick room, lifted spoons of medicine to my lips, laid cold face cloths on my forehead, and then led me out into the airy light and taught me to walk and swim. And I, in turn, presented her with a lanyard. Here are thousands of meals, she said, and here is clothing and a good education. And here is your lanyard, I replied, which I made with a little help from a counselor. Here is a breathing body and a beating heart, strong legs, bones, and teeth, and two clear eyes to read the world, she whispered. And here, I said, is the lanyard I made at camp. And here, I wish to say to her now, is a smaller gift, not the worn truth that you can never repay your mother. But the rueful admission that when she took the two-tone lanyard from my hand, I was as sure as a boy could be that this useless, worthless thing I wove out of boredom would be enough to make us even. <laughs> What's it called? The Lanyard. By who? Billy Collins. Very nice. Well, the lanyard came from the heart, right? And landed appropriately Mm. to the heart. Mm. Very nice. All right, National Poetry Month. We would encourage you, if you've been shy or dismissive of the beauty of Mm -hmm. poetry, to go online or find a book. I'm sure there's a book of poetry somewhere in your house or certainly in your library. Or find somebody who loves poetry already, like you did with me, John, and have them talk to you about why it's great. Maybe they'll convince you. 
Words are so powerful and beautiful. National Poetry Month. Word FM, remembering Charles Stanley. I value you enough to give my life to what God has called me to do so that you will be able to be stronger in your walk, find the will of God for your life, and to enjoy the goals that God will help you reach. Celebrating the life and legacy of Charles Stanley. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.com. Check it out. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden will run again in 2024. Americans tell pollsters there are concerns about the president's age. William Howell, a professor of American politics at the University of Chicago, says having an 80-year-old president running for the White House is going to raise issues. I think that raises large questions about um, generational issues within the Democratic Party and the opportunities for leadership, but um, just also in terms of you know his health and well-being. In California, some rural communities facing the prospect of being marooned or flooded out by rising water. More than a dozen atmospheric rivers dumped epic rain and snowfall on California. Now that massive snowpack is melting and filling waterways. Harry Belafonte, groundbreaking black singer and actor, has died. He was 96. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 302 points. This is SRN News. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. We've still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International Banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call, 866-806-2977. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold, call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. If you owe $30 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $30 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. So it doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now, think about your retirement accounts. 
Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are low or later when rates are much higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Groups has a free guide called Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. Plenty of clouds tonight with a couple of late-night showers. Tonight's low, 38. A shower in spots tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we'll see periods of sun and clouds at a high of 56. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night with a low of 33. Thursday, the nicest day of the week with times of clouds and sun. Expect a high Thursday of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Yes, good afternoon to you. So, here in our massive office building, uh, pre-pandemic, the parking lot was often just choked with cars. I mean... uh, I would park in the auxiliary lot. Mm-hmm. I'd have to drive around and around and around when I got here. Now I just pull up to the building. Just, <laughs> like, you could, like I own the place. Right, you, exactly. You could leave your car in front of the building and someone might not know. But we are not alone, of course. Uh, in today's trib, they are reporting that here in the city of Pittsburgh, office vacancy mm-hmm. is at 24%, which is an all-time high. Pre-pandemic in downtown Pittsburgh, which tended to be a little high to begin with, it was at 15%. So I wonder... Okay, here's my question. Yeah. Does office vacancy mean that no one is leasing the space? Yes. Okay. That's an excellent question because here in our building, many offices are still leased, but they are empty. Nobody is in them. Now, corporations are downsizing. I mean, downtown, you know, you read about this in the Pittsburgh Business Times daily. Um, Federated investors or, uh, you know, other companies are are reducing their footprint. Mm -hmm. You know, leases are up for renewal now. So instead of, you know, leasing 10 floors, we'll lease three floors. Mm -hmm. This is the new reality that that downtowns, this, this is what's happening here is not unique. All downtowns across all of America have shrunk because people are not back at work and they may never come back to work. Right. Wouldn't you like to see what the figure is, what the actual yes. reality figure is, day-to-day reality figure is? How many, what's the va- what's the uh, vacancy percentage of like... This building. The, um, just empty spaces. Yeah. Spaces that don't include anybody, even though they're leased by a company. Right. Hard to say what, you know, the occupancy rate is on this building, low, but even with people leasing, people are not showing up. 
So, I mean, there literally, there are times when I come out here to the parking lot and there's 30 cars, 30 cars in the lot where there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of spaces here that used to be filled. Mm-hmm. Aren't you surprised by this? Yes. The people are resisting yes. still to yes. come back. I'm very surprised. I mean, we had we were away for a chunk of time. A year and a half. A long time. And it was weird to come back. Right? Very. We're like, oh, okay, we're going back to the office. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to be back. Oh, me too. Oh, I my mean, gosh. That was, a, that was a very strange but, time. But I wonder if we are outliers in that regard. I mean, Lexi, if you could work from home, like, how do you feel about working from home versus working on site? I like working in an office, but there are some days where I'm like, man, if I could just yeah. roll out of bed and sit right. at my desk on. and you know, plunk away at whatever I'm working on. I'd sometime, some days I'd rather do that, but I do like the um, atmosphere of an office. Right. There's something to be said about the connections with people. Yeah, and the energy mm-hmm. you right? get from other people. And Right. right. So my kid, uh, fresh out of college, looking for his first job, he was like, well, I, I think I'd rather just work at home. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to be in the workforce, mm-hmm. yeah. especially for young right. young people. You need to just engage and learn what that whole thing's about. Right. The social setting and all those weird things that happen in an office. I'm not saying it's like, you know, Nirvana in here. I here. mean, come on. No, but, you know, people are people. You need yeah. to learn how to navigate through that. My very first jobs uh, when I was out of college were so crazy with the types of personalities that were around me. And I was a crazy personality as well. It was just, it was a lot of nuttiness happening in a cube farm. (laughs) The cubicle farm. You know, I I know that that phrase has been around for a long time. I always laugh at it. Because, well, I would imagine the cubicle farm is going to go by the wayside, right? People are not working in cubicles like they used to. Yeah, maybe because they're working at home. Because if you work in a cubicle, then maybe people would say, you know, what, you'd be better off working at right. home. Right, like the farm is. I don't less think it's better for most people to work from home. Well, no. I mean, it's a lot more convenient. You spend sure. a lot less, you know, time and money on your commute. But when it comes right down to it, if you're not being lazy, if you're really looking at when, how do you perform at your best, not just in the workplace, but also personally. I feel like it's interacting with people. How about the friendships you've made at work? Yeah, right? I mean, right. I mean, I look back on all my working career. Some of the people I loved them so much; they were like family. They became family, mm-hmm. right? It was it was more than a work relationship. I don't know. I, I I was downtown recently, and it breaks my heart to go downtown because there are pockets of it that are just I can't get vast concrete yep. valleys. And I you know. think, you remember what downtown used to be like in the 60s and the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s. And now, man, I don't know. Would it be that, could you turn, like I, I walk around the halls here at Parkway Center and you think, well, this would be a nice place to live, right? I mean, if yeah, you could I think, convert this. I think that's the best thing that's on the horizon for the conversion of office yeah, space for into who residential own, for space. People who own commercial space is to find a way. But think about the type of costly renovation the that's retrofit. required. I mean, you're looking at you know buildings that have one restroom per floor right. per gender, yeah. and now you're going to need to have five. 
or 10, depending on how big your floor is. Everybody, you know. But at least all the infrastructure is in place, right? As yeah, opposed to that, starting from scratch. Yeah, but that it, that's just going to be, that's not going to be a, a quick fix or no. a cheap fix. No. Anyway. Well, you, you're thinking you want to move in here? <laughs> I feel like I live here. Yeah, okay, Believe so let's me, not do. do that. All right. All right. Uh, coming up next, our good friend Jay Slocum will be back with us from St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia. Is there a theology of kindness? We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll find out next. It's the ride home. 101.5 WORD. The current school year is not even over, but Word FM is already talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry, and rates have dropped dramatically in the last few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, a million dollars of coverage, $75 per month, level rate for 10 years, or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110, level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, Call today for a quote at 1-800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-558-9940. Remember, 1-800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for term busters is 1-800-558-9940. 1-800-558-9940. Another customer quote based on the healthy non-smoking 44-year-old male with a 20-year term policy rates may vary. Welcome to Ethos, a new kind of insurance company that believes life insurance should be hassle-free, affordable, and accessible for everyone. For around a dollar a day, I got a 20-year, $250,000 term life insurance policy without a medical exam. All I had to do was answer a few health questions and snap, family protected. It was quick and easy. Ethos is 100% online. I got a quote in seconds, applied in minutes, and got coverage in hours. Just answer a few health questions. No medical exam, no blood tests, no hassle. Look, nobody wants to plan for the unthinkable, but it would be so much worse to not plan at all. So don't put it off. It feels great having the peace of mind knowing that my family is protected. Ethos, the 100% online hassle-free way to get affordable life insurance. Don't wait. Get your free online quote now at ethoslife.com. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Kindness. Is it a lost art mm-hmm. to be kind to each other? I mean, right, the simple act of holding a door open or smiling at someone 
or helping someone, you know, in a mundane task. Just the basics of kindness. It feels as though, at least if you're online and you see how rough life has begun, that kindness somehow has become a casualty of the modern age. Theology. When you bring up that word, especially online, it usually refers to a rigid set of specifications. Mm. It's kind of like math for people who like God. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, everything, it has to be an equation and people, ha- you know, God is going to act in these particular ways and we believe this particular system because this is how we think God does it and this is what we think the scriptures say and whatever. And theology can be in- brutal to, uh, the- theologians, I should say, can be brutal, brutal to other theologians. So then are you saying a theology of kindness? I'm saying, is there such a thing? Jay Slocum is with us. Jay's been a regular guest of ours over the years. He is rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Hi, John and Kathy. Great to be with you. Thank you. Is there such a thing as a theology of kindness, Jay? Yeah. Uh, in fact, God's character is comprised of kindness. Hmm. The scripture says that his property is always to have mercy and Nehemiah, in chapter 9, uh, it says that he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Did you hear what I said about theologians and how they treat one another? What do you say to that? Yeah, I think that um, meanness and nastiness um, is definitely um, one of the byproducts of the fall of man. Mm -hmm. It's not true to the nature of God, and it's not true to the nature of our Savior Jesus, who was, you know, even even in his harshest moments, was the most kind person we've ever encountered. Mm. You know, his, his clearing the temple with a kind act. It's different than niceness. Um, his 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 being um, betrayed by Judas was when he was betrayed by Judas. He said to Judas the kind words, "Judas, do you betray me with a kiss?" Think about that. I would not say that if I were Jesus and Judas were betraying me. <laughs> right. right, right. It'd probably come out differently. A little less kind. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I'm really interested in this. Uh, my wife grew up um, watching Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. Is that not the embodiment of a man who showed a fierce kindness mm-hmm. towards children? Sure. Always. And if you've read his biography, you know he was he. He was a tough guy when it came to making sure the needs of kids were met. Mm -hmm. He fired one of his first assistants because she wanted the show to be like a Howdy Doody show. Mm -hmm. And he wanted it to be a place where where there was a a gentle kindness because he thought children were really vulnerable. And kindness was one thing that children really responded to from adults. My wife grew up with him. I grew up watching Days of Our Lives in Another World. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Now, kindness there, a little harder to come by. Yeah, and I thought kindness was wimpy. Hmm. You know, you're a tough guy. You know, it's weak to be kind. In fact, there's a story of Mr. Rogers. A, a, a parent wrote Mr. Rogers and said that his that her child was afraid of going down the drain. And Mr. Rogers wrote a song. He got dressed up in a bathing suit, sat on the edge of the tub, and sang a song in, in the only way that he could. It was essentially a paragraph with song, you know. And it was essentially, you could never go down, you could never go down, you could never go down the rain drain. You're bigger than the water, you're bigger than the bubbles, you're bigger than the soap. Um, you know, and he, he just went on. And I... It's one of the hallmarks of his show that he found out that it was a common fear for little kids to think that they could go down the drain. <laughs> There's another story where he would feed the fish and a blind girl wrote into him saying that he, she didn't know whether he was feeding the fish because she, only, she couldn't see that he was feeding the fish. So when he was feeding the fish, from the time she wrote the letter to the time he finished his show, he would always say, I am feeding the fish now. Hmm. That's kindness. Yeah. Yeah. But what so about, we, but we, let me break in though, yeah. Jay, and say that I'm, I'm endorsing everything you're saying, and yet I'm seeing a big gap between that and between how a lot of people of faith look at the current time, it's almost like uh, it's too late to be kind or things are too serious. Like you, it, it's a war. So you can't be, we don't have time for kindness. We're in a battle. Yeah. You know, that's really unfortunate because it really, it really makes kindness look like fluff not like one of the most serious things you can ever do to overcome evil. I mean, Romans chapter 12 says, if it's possible for you, be at peace with everyone, mm -hmm. bless and do not curse and leave God, leave room for God's wrath. And he actually says, Paul makes the argument that you can overcome evil with kindness. Mm and so i think that the whole notion that we have to give in to the meanness of the world and and go tit for tat um really is contra deeply contrary to the gospel you know so you know if we define kindness kindness is actively loving others by seeking the well-being of the first the created order but especially the well-being of of others so a kind per uh, I can tell a kind person, it, if I go into a person's ha house and there are dead plants um, and there's, you know, mistreated animals, I can tell whether they're a kind person. Right. Mm -hmm. sure. So it's not, it's not a light thing. It's, it's nothing to, it's nothing to, it, if you want to fight the culture wars, uh, you can, there's no better way, I think, to fight it than with kindness because kindness is an active form of love that overcomes evil. It's it's quite serious. Part it's different of, than niceness, though. Oh, define that then. Niceness versus so, kindness. 
so think about uh, Psalm 141.5 says, let a righteous man strike me, it is kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it, yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds. So there's a difference between niceness and kindness. A nice person will just agree with you all the time because they want to tolerate you in some sort of weird, passive way that doesn't align with truth. But a kind person, if you have a really good friend and they're kind and they see you doing something that's destructive to yourself or your relationship with others, Mm -hmm. will they or will they not say something to you? Mm -hmm. Right. So Jesus, Jesus clearing the temple was a kindness. And I think we really mistake kindness for uh, niceness. I think we also have something that I would call cultural kindness, which is sort of, it's similar to the peace movement of the 1960s. Remember in the 1960s, people would say like peace. Yes. You know, yeah, peace, man. Peace and love. And it essentially, it essentially was like a passive acceptance that things will just sort of work out no matter what. But we know that's not how you bring peace. The biblical word for peace is arene in the Greek and shalom in the Hebrew. And it means actively pursuing the goodness of the world through your relationships, through your economy, through your work, and through the way in which you conduct yourself in relationship to your neighbor. That's very different than peace, man. Right. And I think I think we see kindness. We have a what I would call cultural kindness. It's you know biblical kindness is rooted in love, which pursues moral truth, and it's a way of bringing good to others. Cultural kindness is a sort of passive tolerance, tolerance which it just ignores moral differences. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening with that is the cancel culture. I don't know if you make the connection, but. You know, if when we just have a passive sort of, yeah, yeah, we accept everybody, until a person crosses that line, which we think is unacceptable, then we become enraged, and then we just cancel the person, because we're not seeking their good. Right, mm-hmm. right. So it's a bit complex, but I, I think there's really, uh, I think the reason why some folks that are engaged in the culture wars um think kindness is a lightweight theological category because they don't actually realize that um, kindness is a really practical form of love, mm-hmm. um, very different than niceness or uh, a cultural kindness. The Theology of Kindness, Pastor Jay Slocum. Jay, as part of my morning devotionals, there's a, a prayer that always ends my devotional. And the, the first few times I, I read this prayer out loud, I was struck by it. And it's a simple prayer. It just says, Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, Mm. help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do, and say, Amen. Wow, that's beautiful. So being kind to everyone I meet, that's quite a tall order. I often fail at that. Yeah, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us that kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. So we know the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's, you know, it's uh, love, love, joy, joy, peace, peace, patience, peace, patience, kindness. For, pa- 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. Self uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So, but it's a compound singular. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's all one thing. Mm. So when, we're, when the Spirit gets into us, we actually cultivate all those aspects. Kindness is one of the main fruits of the Spirit. But one of the things I like about that is that kindness has to be cultivated and, and so what it means is that the Spirit wants this for you and will nudge you towards it as the Spirit convicts you and comforts you and corrects you and counsels you. But as, as we know, anything that grows takes lots of time. Mm -hmm. And we also have a responsibility to steward how we cultivate kindness. It's sort of like there are nutrients that you can have in your life that allow kindness to take root and grow. And so I think some of the big, big nutrients for kindness to take place, one of them is um, <laughs> not being too busy. Mm. And think about driving on, you know, 376 or 79 between two Jersey barriers, you know, those big yeah. concrete things that they have. And when you're between those two things, you're not the nicest person you could possibly be right. because you're, you're, you're closed in. Right. And in a, in a society that squeezes you out so that you have no white space or no bandwidth or no area to pull off and be restful, you, have, you don't have a lot of capacity to be kind. And so I think one of the main ingredients for cultivating kindness is to actually um, to turn it down and to become a more restful, more available person to our neighbor. Hmm. Amen. That's yeah. a really good word, Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who has been kind to you, like in particular? I know that there are probably tons of people who've been kind to you, but when you think of kindness and you think about your story, who pops to mind? Yeah, I think of my principal in, in uh, ninth grade, who pulled me aside and told me that I was a fool and he recognized that I was a leader of other kids, but I was leading in a way that was bringing people to folly. Mm -hmm. And he then asked me if I would join him in a morning Bible study before class every day to study Proverbs. Mm -hmm. He took, he, of, of the 300 kids in my school, he took, 15 minutes for me to help me get over being a kid who was a leader, but who was heading down the wrong path. Never forgot that. Wow. Is he still alive? Yeah. Dr. Vossler, he actually became a missionary who began, he, he started, his career was starting Christian schools, planting them and then moving on and planting them and plant. He did it all across Asia. Wow. Isn't that fabulous? He was, he was my high school principal. Does he see you and know you, who you are now? Oh, yeah, yeah. At 20 years, well, well when, I, when, I became, when, I, when I ended up going to college, I probably wouldn't have gone to college without his influence. <clears throat> I wrote, in tears, I wrote him a letter of gratitude, thanking him for his unbelievable kindness to me. He I did not have to put up with me being a rebellious kid from the sticks who had just become a Christian and needed all kinds of guidance and, you know, discipleship changed my life. 
No doubt. Reverend Jay Slocum, rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church mm-hmm. in Gibsonia. Hey, Jay, uh, take a second or so before you leave us. Talk to us about what uh, what goes on at St. Thomas. Yeah, you know, I'm doing a, a adult ed class on, on a theology of different things. And the reason why I'm doing a theology of kindness is because one of the gifts that the church I'm now serving has is, is the gift of kindness. Mm. It's a church out in Gibsonia, uh, St. Thomas Anglican Church. And when you go there, you will never leave without feeling that you've been embraced. It's a church that really embodies the gift of kindness and is a very, very kind church. Fabulous. Where, when are your services, Jay? Uh, we have an 8 o'clock service, a, a 9.15 adult ed hour, and a 10.15 uh, service every Sunday. St. Thomas Anglican Church. Thank you. That's Jay Slocum. Jay, thanks. Really great to meditate on this today on kindness. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from The Spring House, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will bounce inside to go along with that tasty tender chicken when i was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds all my mom wanted for mother's day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests so bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm fresh meal that we started all those years ago oh yeah live music and free cones for moms too let us share a little of our farm with you the spring house in 84 pa 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. To my newborn baby boy, the day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. (laughs) What a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate Mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise, sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. 
Plenty of clouds tonight with a couple of late night showers. Tonight's low 38. A shower in spots tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we'll see periods of sun and clouds at a high of 56. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow night with a low of 33. Thursday, the nicest day of the week with times of clouds and sun. Expect a high Thursday of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does what make sense? Saran wrap. Oh. It makes perfect sense. I I would say saran wrap is one of the miracles of the modern age. Yes. Really? Yeah. Where was I? Oh, I know. I was here. Last week, Mm. the boss was painting the studio. And I was in the kitchen, and he had a roller, you know, like the filled with paint he came in and said i'm looking for the saran wrap so i quickly went into the kitchen drawer unloaded it and pulled out like a 23 inch spread and wrapped it around his roller his paint roller mm-hmm. to keep it fresh sure that's the beauty of saran wrap that's not the beauty of saran what wrap. are you saying it doesn't make sense you just saying it doesn't now, make sense now you say that you pulled out a 23 inch yeah. piece of saran wrap yeah. like didn't matter Okay, like it didn't fold in on itself 12 different ways, and then you had to stop and wait a minute, and then you realized that it wasn't 23 inches anymore. It was now 11 inches kind of because it had gotten stuck. Because there were three of us doing it. Yep, uh-huh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One to hold the thing. It's One, yeah. the most infuriating. It's supposed to be an aid mm, yeah. in how we care for food and work in our kitchen. Yeah. Instead, it's like you. It, it's like a, it's like dealing with a recalcitrant pet. It's like you can't control the stuff. But it keeps things fresh. But does it? Yeah. Because, but, and then I think it's going to fit over something and it doesn't because now it's folded and I just, It makes sense. No, I'm just, I'm telling you right now. All right. Saran wrap does not make sense. Okay, does this make sense? Spandex. <laughs> we went to the movies the other night. Yeah. We saw Air. Oh, did you? The story of Nike. Yeah. And Phil Knight is all over this Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight. He is decked out in spandex in almost every scene because he's a runner. I mean, (laughs) it's a great movie, by the way. Is it? It's a lot of fun. There's an 80s montage at the beginning of the movie that'll blow. If you lived in the 80s, it'll blow your socks off. Oh, that's awesome. We were levitating. Spandex, though, like the running suit spandex. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, probably not. I wanted to. Yeah, but it makes most people look worse. That's it, most people. But if you're all buffy. Well, yeah. Right? Okay, so it makes sense for some people. (laughs) For the minority, it makes sense. Yes. But for the majority, it doesn't. But the majority doesn't know that they're not. They think that they are part of the minority. Well, maybe saran wrap is spandex for food, right? It is kind of the same thing. It's super clingy. We didn't plan this, but that's very similar. Spandex and saran wrap. It doesn't stick to itself, though. Well, probably. Can you imagine taking it off after you've had a sweaty run? That's a good point. It sure it's like does. a wetsuit, kind of. <laughs> Spandex makes sense. <coughs> 101.5 WORD. What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. 
Join me and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you know that these days, generating growth is a challenge. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll not just stay ahead of the curve, you'll move it. With access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023 Bank of America N.A. Easy Cater presents We've Got Your Back, Up Singers. Backing you up. So I ordered Mexican for my team at work. With vegetarian options for Jerry. And I'm in a meeting and I remember Jerry's vegan. About the cheese. So I text Easy Cater and they reply, no prob, we got this. Gonna fix it for you. Sometimes I get vegetarian and vegan confused. Kind of like Austria and Australia. Geography is not just strong suit. Dietary needs? Easy Cater has your back with over 100,000 restaurants. Order 24-7 on easycater.com and no. We got your back. I'm Lynn Hayes Freeland, talk show host. The Way Home is a free home buying workshop from Dollar Bank. Learn about credit counseling and the Match Savings Program, where qualifying participants can receive up to $5,000 toward a down payment and closing cost. Join us Saturday, May 13th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Register at dollar.bank slash the way home. Dollar Bank, let's get you there. Equal housing lender. $5,000 match savings program is subject to terms and conditions, including income requirements. Call 412-261-8109 for details. Our real goal at RPTS is to train people for ministry. Whether training to be a pastor or just wanting to grow in your walk with God, you'll find what you're looking for at RPTS. We want to see them really grounded in their theological growth. We want it to be heart-directed as well. We want to see students prepared to serve and to love the people of God and develop ministries that we think have a great partnership with the local church. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. Are you tired of high telephone bills and below standard service while waiting forever on hold to talk to a real person about your phone system? This is Don Hoder with South Point Telecom with 30 years experience. I can answer your questions and give you a quote over the phone in minutes. Go to southpointtelecom.com. We also install security cameras and door access. That's southpointtelecom.com. southpointtelecom.com. Jarrell Gilliam is with us. Jarrell is the executive director of Light of Life Mission. Hey, Jarrell, welcome to the show. Hello, John. So good to be with you. Thank you. How are you? you Real good. Happy to have you with us here. Yeah, Jarrell, it's been a while. The last time you joined us, we were talking about homelessness in the city, you know, talking about maybe tiny houses being an option. We talked through that with you. But that was before the Second Avenue Commons opened. Um, and I was thinking about you the other day. I drove past it and I thought, I wonder if that's changed the complexion of homelessness in Pittsburgh. So tell us what the latest is. How do you see it? Well, um, it was definitely a needed resource uh, in our in our uh, city. Um, we have seen a 27% increase in homelessness uh, since 2021. And so, um, so we needed more beds. What was happening though, there was a misperception that once that, once that shelter opened, that it was gonna eliminate at least downtown the homeless problem. And uh, some of us expressed concern about that and uh, they filled up within a week and we still have the problem down, downtown. And so 
it's a it's a great resource. It's a great facility. Um, well thought out as far as the kinds of services and partnerships uh, that are there. But the problem is so much bigger than just uh, one facility can uh, can tackle. I see. So, Jarrell, help us to understand the problem. Uh, I know that homelessness is at an all time high. What are the things that are contributing? I mean, is it just is it drug addiction? Is it mental illness or is it the whole stew that's creating, I would say, a, a national crisis? Yes, that, that's a great question, John. Yeah. Well, the way that we. Uh, we like to look at it is uh, what are the contributing factors? I, I like giving the analogy of being at Niagara Falls and looking up and saying, how do we stop the falls? Uh, it's impossible when you look at it. If you say, how do you change or stop homelessness in, in our city? It's impossible. But uh, there was a point in the 1800s where Niagara Falls stopped. If you visited there, you've seen pictures. Yeah. And the way that it stopped were the tributaries uh, were blocked by ice. And by each tributary being blocked, eventually the whole falls were able to come to a trickle. And that's the way I think uh, we need to address homelessness. Uh, it's not a, they are not a monolithic group. Um, and what we need to understand are what are the, what are the tributaries to homelessness and then, and then have strategies for each of those tributaries. So you mentioned some of them uh, for sure, John. At the top is uh, mental health. Uh, is a major contributing factor to homeless. Um, drug addiction is another one. We have the whole fentanyl opioid crisis. We, we have definitely seen an increase as a result of that hitting our population. SAMHSA is an international uh, or a national organization uh, for substance abuse and mental health. And um, they, uh, they have reported that over 50% of the population that are experiencing homelessness have a co-occurring mental health and drug addiction mm -hmm. uh, issue. And so that's a major part of it. But if you, you do need to separate those, there are those who have mental health issues, but, they're, but are able to cope. But there are some that are severe mental health. Um, they are schizophrenic, paranoid. Uh, they could be having... Um, delusions that are going on, those people need acute care and they need it quickly. And so you got to be able to deal with those because they're a danger to themselves and to others. Then you have to have uh, supportive services for those that need that. And then you got to deal with drug and uh, drug and alcohol history. But then you have others that come into it from other ways. You have uh, one of the uh, growing areas that we've seen in our emergency shelter has been seniors. Um, we have seniors that are now losing their homes really? and not able to stay in their homes. They don't have an, a, an addiction history, but they find themselves evicted and coming to us for help. So we need to be able to have special housing for people who enter uh, that are like that. Um, we need to be able to look at uh, people that uh, that are dealing with women with children. That's the fastest growing population of homelessness. And so you have situations where you have families that are now on the streets. And so we need to come alongside them and help. And each of them, I guess one of the other points I would make, they need kind of their own um, cohort to deal with it. It's a challenge with a, whether it's light of life or downtown shelter to have one building where you're trying to deal with all of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you, you have a woman who's been traumatized, 
She needs to be in a safe environment so that she can uh, get healing. If you put her in the same building um, as a as a man who is there, um, it's going to create trauma for her. And so you need to have separate programs for different people and to, to, to be able to love them well and give them a good on-road back to society. Jarrell Gilliam's with us, Executive Director of Light of Life Mission. Um, Jarrell, can you talk to us about how um, how you maintain order and what you decide your rules are? Um, I know that there's been a lot of conversation about that as different people in the city talk about um, minister, not ministering, but meeting the needs of the homeless, I guess is yes. the best way to put it. How do you see that? And and for people who like us who don't work in your field, what's important? Well, we first want to start with the, the fact that uh, for Light of Life, we accept everyone. Um, there is no religious requirement. There is no uh theological requirement. If you're hungry, you're thirsty, you need a place to stay, we're, we're going to help you. And that's who we're here uh, to serve. Uh, but one of the things that is so important about that is to have that welcoming uh, environment is that it has to be safe. And so uh, safety is paramount um, to us. And in fact, that's the only thing that really can keep someone from coming here is uh you have to be able to be safe for yourself and safe for others. And um, we have staff that are trained in mental health first aid. We have staff that are trained in de-escalation. And so in order to love people well, we have to be able to help meet where meet the needs where they are, but also be able to assess, is this person a threat to themselves or to others? And if they are, then our facility is not the place for them but we need to help get them into sometimes it's detox. It could be Western site, could be resolved. Um, but the, the thing is we have to get appropriate uh, programming for those who have those needs. Safety is, uh, is, is paramount to, to everything that we do, but we try to do it uh, without involving the police as much as uh, possible because we want to use our staff uh, to help to deescalate things. Yes. Well, Jarrell, truly, God bless you. I mean, for you and your entire staff at Light of Life and anyone who's engaged in the homeless ministry, very complex as you're just, you know, outlining just very simply here in the, you know, 10 minutes or so where we have together here. Very difficult, I'm sure, to to hold this as your career to be the hands and feet to help those who are unable to help themselves. Jarrell, also, we brought you on because we know that uh, this Friday is the annual uh, Community uh, Leaders Pittsburgh Prayer Breakfast, and you and your wife will be the keynote speakers. Congratulations to that. Can you talk about that? Thank you. Well, uh, we enjoy being a part of this event and being with you two every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I usually get a chance to say hello to you when we're there. And so now um, I'll be there as a, as one of the speakers with my wife. And so we're, we are so excited and honored to be, um, to be asked to do that. And um, yeah, we believe that, uh, that having conscious contact with God is something that all of us can benefit from. And prayer is so important to us as a city and as individuals. Um, My wife and I kind of represent uh, two people that are outside of the traditional church. Um, uh, My wife being uh, the director for area of aging at Department of of Human Services. And so she is living out her faith in this place um, uh, in DHS. 
um, and serving seniors. And I'm here uh, living out my faith here through Light of Life. And so we're going to share a little bit about that, but uh, mainly about our our hope is in God and, mm-hmm. and in the ways that he is going to bless our city. So thank you so much for mentioning that. And thank you for your prayers. And we look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. That's Jarrell Gilliam. We always appreciate you being on the show, Jarrell, and, and, your your, and for your good work in our yes. city. He's executive director of the Light of Life Mission. We'll take a quick break. Get more ahead. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home on 101.5 Word FM. That's W O R D. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources. And there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. We still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call, 866-806-2977. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, You could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives. Not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, apply now and come help make an impact and change lives in a fun, safe, Christian family environment. Apply today at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp, rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. AM radio provides always-on news, sports, talk, traffic, and weather reports. And it's also a vital service that provides important emergency information when your community needs it most. Tell Congress you need AM radio to stay in your car. Because when cell phones and the internet are down, this free emergency service is critical. And when you don't have electricity, Radio in the car is often your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Well, there's a bit of bad news for all of you Pittsburgh pierogi lovers. That's everybody. The annual Pittsburgh Pierogi Festival held at Kennywood is uh, not going to happen this year. That's 
terrible news. According to a release, festival organizers and the park could not reach an agreement on ticket prices. Uh, They said that they are going to return next year. Uh, Last year's event on September 9th was the uh, 9th for the festival, and the first time it was staged on a Friday evening. It drew more than 30 vendors from five states and five local musical acts, along with some 4,000 pierogi lovers looking to fill up on the classic festival fare, such as Southside's Barbecue, Almost Famous Mac and Cheese and Pierogi Filled, Mm -hmm. Rogi Cone, and (laughs) Lee's (laughs) Oriental Pierogi Egg Rolls. A crowd favorite was the first pierogi fest held in 2013 at the South Shore Riverfront Park. Uh, uh, That was uh, just a handful of vendors, but it drew so many people it had to relocate to stage AE on the North Shore in Mm. 2014 and 2015. Ended up taking off 2016 because organizers were uh, unable to secure a space. So it's had uh, a little checkered history of trying to grab on. Well, that makes me sad. Uh, Ghostkies, pierogies? Don't know them. Goskis, G-O-S-I-A, pierogies, S&D Polish Deli. I know S&D well. Pittsburgh pierogi truck. They all moved to Kennywood with ticket prices, including um, open beer garden for guests 21. So uh, neither Kennywood nor the festival organizers would be reached for comment. Well, that's terrible. I'd like to give a plug to Forgotten Taste. That's my oh, favorite that is pierogi. Your, yeah. uh-huh. It's in the Wexford area. Well, also, it has several locations. I mean, just, just go set up someplace. Just get a yeah, permit what, for a local I, park or something. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. Right? It's just unfortunate. Um, my grand, you know, I come from a Polish family, and my grandmother did not make the pierogies. Who did? My aunt, my great aunt, Anne. Your grandma's too busy. Yeah, my. She had her hands full. Uh, it, it's funny. They all, when I was a little kid, it was a Polish ghetto where my grandparents lived, mm-hmm. and everybody was Polish. What, and what part of town? New Ken. Okay. And my um, my mother and f- or my grandmother and grandfather married uh, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So my, also Polish, also Polish, right? So my family tree is like all combined. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I could it was, when I was a little kid, I could never tell whose side of the family anybody was on because it was like right. kind of all one family. But they um, kind of separated the workout so see. that people sure, sure. did different things. Right, right. And so my great aunt is the one who made the pierogies. And she, her, they were so pretty. They were like little oval pillows. Mm -hmm. And I I remember them. I mean, she she has been gone at least 15 years. And she wasn't making them for, I bet, 15 years before that. Maybe more. I remember them like I saw them yesterday. Really? I would recognize her. Per- if I was if I was looking at a table full of 100 persons pierogies, I would be able to know hers. Your mother's handwriting. My, yes, just like you know your mother's handwriting. They were these beautiful oval really? pillows. Mm. They were so lovely. And I, believe me, I like a pierogi. I mean, I like it every which way, and yeah. I like whoever makes it. But there was something about Aunt Anne's. Uh-huh. They perfect. were just perfect. Now, wait a minute. So the, all the Poles were marrying each other. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you came home with a non-Pole? My grandparents were gone by that point. So I just trust that they would have been okay the with it. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.